Hey everyone, welcome to Broadcast is Love. You all know this is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus. And this podcast usually has interviews on it and we're gonna get to an interview, a great interview with Beth Harris. She's fantastic. Before we get to that, I wanna tell you all about some news because it hits home. Jeremy Haiti, that's a location that my husband and I adore. We love the people there. We love two organizations specifically, the Village Ensemble and Haiti Bible Mission. They've been on the podcast individually and they're always posting online and just keeping us up to date with what's going on with their organizations. So as you know, if you haven't seen the news, I'll tell you now, Haiti had an earthquake over the weekend. And according to the Associated Press on Monday, the death toll has risen to 1,419 people and injured are around 6,000. So a lot of people have been impacted by this and something from the Associated Press that I would like to read to you just to put it in perspective, many people have had to wait under the burning heat even on an airport tarmac for help. So as a podcast community, I just want us to pray for Jeremy Haiti. I want us to pray for the Vlaj and Psalm and the people who are there. I want us to pray for Haiti Bible Mission and the work that they're doing because Tropical Depression Grace, as of Monday, when I'm recording this, the day before the podcast airs, that is the big story. That's the big concern. Tropical Depression Grace. Because a lot of rain is supposed to come in with that, 15 inches, possible in some isolated areas through Tuesday. So this podcast gets released on Tuesday morning. And according to CNN, it's going to be raining through Tuesday in some isolated areas. So you guys, let's be praying for them. Share this with your friends. We have an update from Jeremy Haiti from Krista Germay. She's with the Village Ensemble. So while she's talking, it's about eight minutes. Let's be praying while she's telling us what's going on. This is not a news update. This is not an alert. This is a call to broadcast God's love using your position, whatever you're doing right now, whatever your position is, wherever you are going, let's pray for Haiti. Pray for the people of Haiti and the people who are coming into Haiti to work with these local organizations, to broadcast God's love and show people just how powerful God is. I will never fail you. Hebrews 13, 5. I love that verse. I will never fail you. So here's Krista Germay with a Village Ensemble in Jeremy, Haiti. Hey there, Broadcast is Love listeners. This is Krista Germay and I am in Jeremy, Haiti. Wanted to give you guys a quick update for all of you who have been faithful listeners um, and hearing about our town and what we're doing here for the last year or so. Um, yeah, Saturday was quite a shaking and um, it happened Saturday morning. I don't know, maybe 30 a.m. I was here with my family giving my um, children actually breakfast at our kitchen table. And where we live, there's a large mountain beside our house and we frequently have big trucks that go down the mountain. And our house kind of shakes when the trucks go down and it makes, you know, loud noise. So honestly, on the day that the earth shook on Saturday, I thought that's what was happening until our chandeliers in our house started going back and forth like we were on a cruise ship and in a storm. And I was like, what is happening? And I grabbed my children and ran out as fast as I could. My husband was actually still in bed and he ran out about one second after we did um, and came outside too. But yeah, and then we were outside for most of the day on Saturday. Um, 
it was pretty anxiety ridden or we were definitely anxious to go back in the house because the aftershocks just continued to come again and again and again um, on Saturday. And well into the night on Saturday night, we had thought about sleeping inside of our home on Saturday night. Um, but, and we were actually laying down in our living room with all the doors open, my kids beside us. And around midnight, there was another, I believe it was a 5.9. The epicenter was actually in Jeremy exactly. And so it felt almost as strong as the first one. And we grabbed our kids in all the beds and ran outside as fast as we could and ended up sleeping outside. Um, our entire neighborhood, really the whole city was sleeping outside on Saturday night. Um, yeah. And Saturday, Saturday morning consisted mostly of, um, of first responder work. We connected with a organization here in Haiti called Hero, and they do first responder medical and medical evacuation. So we were their boots on the ground here. They sent us three EMT first responders, and they just took over the hospital, like some amazing leadership skills there. I love the hero um, medics and all that they have done for our community in the last um, 48, 72 hours has been incredible. Um, they came in and patients started flooding in, mostly with head wounds, with broken bones, um, those kind of injuries, and they just took control. Um, within the last 48 hours, we have evacuated, I believe it's 14 patients um, that are most severe, and the rest of the patients in the hospital are all in um, stable condition and just waiting on surgeries. Um, so we actually have an orthopedic team coming in on Friday to help with those and another one that flew in today. So I think the hospital is getting taken care of, which is a huge blessing for us. That's really where our heart is in the hospital. Um, the town has fared fairly well, actually, from the earthquake. There are some old buildings that you guys might be seeing pictured um, that have fallen but they are buildings that were already um, kind of structurally unsound and they fell during the earthquake. Um, very minimal people trapped inside in Jeremy where we currently are. The town over um, Lac High, they have a lot of um, rubble, a lot of destruction, and a lot of people still trapped underneath even, you know, this long later. Um, they are definitely suffering a lot more than Jeremy. Um, but the road to them actually has been blocked off. Part of the mountain fell in between Jeremy and Kai's and blocked the road. So it's impossible to go between the two cities at this point unless you're flying in and out. Um, so that's about the update that we have now. The most critical needs here on the ground at the moment were medical needs, um, just immediate medical care surgeries, especially orthopedic surgeries. Um, and those seem to be happening smoothly, medical supplies, all of that, um, there probably will be food needs um, in the near future. I know that our ladies personally, our staff went to look for beans today and could not find beans anywhere in Jeremy. So um, that is going to be a problem if we are already running out of things like the staples in Haiti, which is rice and beans. Um, but I believe that they'll be coming in. I know we have aid and help that's coming in. So um, how can you pray for for us um, and for our community, I would first of all pray for peace, peace in hearts, peace in minds, peace in bodies. Um, when you are a part of an earthquake, it does something to you mentally, um, and, it, and it really has the potential to bring in a great amount of fear. Um, I know personally that my husband and I are experiencing that, where you are just afraid to be inside sometimes or just afraid to go 
um, just wondering when the next shake is going to come. It's There's a very distinct noise that an earthquake makes, like a large train coming. And um, and so if we hear anything that's like a big truck coming by, you just you automatically go back to that moment and think, is it going to happen again? Should I run? Should I get my kids outside? Um, I think maybe small amounts of like PTSD and stuff like that for sure. And I know we're not the only ones because the majority of the population is sleeping outside for that very reason. So pray for peace. Um, pray for the tropical depression grace that's coming our way. I know Port-au-Prince, the capital, is getting some rain at the moment um, as we speak. And we have very little wind and rain. It's a little overcast here in Jeremy, but we're hoping to keep the wind and the rain away. Um, my husband, Mark Donald went to the countrysides today, which are the outlying areas where, um, there are, I would say maybe the more, um, poor, the more poor areas where people live, um, on the land and have smaller homes and those kind of things. And in that area, they have a lot of injuries and a lot of destruction because their homes were already, um, poorly built and parts of the mountains, rocks, big, large rocks, things like that. Um, fell off and rolled during the during the earthquake, causing a lot of damage and a lot of um, injuries up that way. So those people have not even made it to the hospital yet um, because of the roads and the damage to the roads. They are um, waiting for transportation. So that is on our list to start next is to start transporting um, people from the countrysides to come and receive medical care as well and then to assess the damage to homes out there and see what we can do to help in that area. So Thank you guys for your prayers. Um, yeah, pray for a concentrated effort um, and that the organizations that come in would work not for the community, but with the community. That's been a prayer we've been having this whole time. Um, so important when you're doing disaster relief to work with the community and not simply for them. So pray that with us. Um, pray for peace and pray for provision. Also, the very simple verse that has been on my heart I wanted to share with you guys your mercies are new every morning. Um, great is your faithfulness. I think we're just remembering that again and again and again as we um, start a new day um, here in Jeremy. I want to read Lamentations 3, 19 through 23. If you guys are sad after hearing this news, just remember that our hope is in God. Hope of relief in God's mercy is what we're going to read about in Lamentations 3, 19 through 23. Krista just shared verse 23. So here we go, starting in verse 19. Please pray this with me. Remember my misery and my homelessness, the wormwood and bitterness. My soul certainly remembers and is bent over within me. I recall this to my mind. Therefore, I wait. The Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end, for his compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And as you rise today in whatever you're doing, great is your faithfulness, Lord. Your compassions do not fail. God, you will not fail. And so as we're praying alongside Jeremy Haiti and those two organizations, Haiti Bible Mission and the Velazhin Psalm, I also want to tell you about two trustworthy organizations that Krista told me about. If you're wanting to donate or if you're wanting to send funds over to Jeremy Haiti, she's recommending Jeremy Christian Mission, their website is jcminhaiti.org, and I'll put a link to their site in the description of this podcast. And also Hope Star International, their website is hopestarinternational.com. Again, their two links will be in the description of this podcast. 
I know when things like this happen and it's sad and it's tragic, we have a lot of emotions. But I just want to remind you as we're giving, make this be something that's decided between you and the Lord. You don't have to post about it. You don't have to comment or tag any of us in this. If this is something that you've decided in your heart to do, these are two organizations where you can do that. And you can follow the Village and Psalm. You can request for them to let you be a friend and follow them there. You can also follow Haiti Bible Mission on their website and on their Instagram and Facebook. Thank you all for your time as we just gave you an update from Jeremy Haiti. That organization means so much to us as a podcast community and just to my husband and I. So we wanted to tell you all what's going on down there. And now we're going to have an interview with one of my friends, Beth Harris. She's so encouraging, talking about putting Jesus in that top slot. Take notes on this one. You're going to love it. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. Your time is precious, and I know that. So whatever you're doing, I just pray you're energized by the Holy Spirit to do what you do for Jesus, because life is meant to be lived on purpose for Him, for Jesus. Let's start the podcast with Beth Harris. everyone and welcome to Broadcast is Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus, living life on purpose for him. And how do we do that? So we have guests on like Beth Harris today. She's the executive assistant to Pastor Ted Trailer at Olive Baptist Church here in Pensacola, Florida. And you've been the executive assistant for 21 years. So Beth, the wisdom that you have from serving with Dr. Trailer, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, he is on fire for the Lord. I love his sermon. So I'm so excited to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing great, Ricky. And thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I, first of all, want to say I am a fan of Broadcast His Love. I love to listen to this each week, and I am so grateful for your encouraging, uplifting, and always um, broadcast that, you know, glorify God. It's nothing about you. You disappear within this. Amen. And I want to thank you for having that spirit. I learned from each one of your guests, and I consider it a, just a humble privilege to be with you. Oh, thank you so much, Beth. That means so much. And it is an honor to hear from you because what I love about our guests, and I think that the people who listen feel the same way because when people are talking who come on the show, I'm listening and like, what is God doing in your life? Because so many different people have different positions. And if you're following Christ, like, and if you're talking with him throughout the day and getting that feedback from him and then learning from those experiences, I just don't think that should be under a rock. Like I want to hear about it. So that way, maybe I can learn something and I don't want to say be better. That's not the right term, but like grow. I want to grow and I want to learn from other people who are, I mean, we're all walking the same walk. You know what I mean? Like so similar. Um, But what you're doing, Beth, is really cool. Because not only are you the executive assistant to the pastor at a massive church in Pensacola, but you are really passionate about preparing this next generation of Christ followers. And before our interview, I felt a nudge was like, find a statistic, you know, like, let's make this crystal clear um, about where we are as a country 
with church. And we are worldwide, like we're in more than 130 countries with this podcast, but just the US talking about the United States. Um, I read a study by the Gallup poll and it said fewer than half of US adults belong to a religious congregation. And that's about 47%. So man, going to church, it gives me so much life and going to all of Baptist, like pastor Taylor is on fire. Like he is a wildfire. I mean, it just goes out of him for the Lord and igniting people to just let him live inside of them as well. So I want to know like where, cause we talked about this before we started recording from your experience with just this shocking statistic that fewer than half of us adults belong to a religious congregation. What does that mean to you? Well, I want to start with the encouraging part of that, Okay, is that when I hear religious organization, I think that that could be tied to anything. Okay, And where um, I really pray and focus and uh, I see God working is within the local church. And yes, there are countless people, uh, you know, we are in a uh, a generation now where um, just anything that you believe is acceptable and your truth is what uh, you should follow and and what a lie from Satan. Exactly. Yeah. We are created to our, our purpose is created. We are created to bring honor and glory and worship to mm-hmm. God. But back to the statistic with that, mm-hmm. um, I see that in a way that it's sad but it's also a great opportunity for revival and for, and whether we see that within a massive revival in this country, or we see it in the pockets of, of just sharing your faith, the gospel of Jesus with your neighbors, with those you encounter and living a life that draws people to him so that they ask questions. What is your, what is this faith? What is this that's transformative? What is it that's different about you than my life. Yeah. And I, I see it as a great opportunity because if that statistic actually were higher and it is tragic, yeah. but I also think that for Christians, it's a wake up call that we can't be complacent. We can't take the easy way out. We can't be doing a fluff Bible studies and just getting by on five minutes in the word. We really have to know what we believe right. to be able to, to, uh, be able to share Jesus in this culture. Yeah. Know what we believe. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this from a very authentic place, but when I first became a Christian, it was a lot of misunderstanding from my aspect. Like I would see something and I'm like, Oh, that's good. Like God must um, think that's good. And then I would read in scripture and just really define that and get to the bare bones of it. And then I learned it was more about me and him connecting and learning through that time of his word and, you know, taking notes and then Googling things like, what does the Bible say about this and that? And then that's when I started growing exponentially. Like when I first became Mm -hmm. a Christian, it was like, oh, this is good. Like I feel good. All the feel goods that come from that first encounter where you're like, you have all the butterflies and you just want to be back in that space again. Right. You're just like trying to get back to that place of like that first time you were saved, you know? And so as you live life, there are so many confusing messages. And I just know my God doesn't want that for me. And I know he doesn't want that for people who are listening to this podcast or just anybody. Um, God wants you entirely. And he wants you to know who he is. And we've had countless people come on and say that, 
But I want to know from your perspective, because you are passionate about this next generation. Like you work with Crossroads College and young professionals at All of Baptist. And I just want to know, like, when do you see with people who come there, the young, you know, next generation, when is it that it clicks for them? Like, this is it. This is it. Like, this is what I need to be doing. Does that make sense? Yes, that's a great question. And it's different for everyone, but um, just staying consistent and faithful in the word. Mm. I have uh, been so excited about what has been happening in the ministry here um, under the leadership of our college and young professionals, Pastor um, Ethan Jago, and just the commitment of making sure that our students are grounded theologically and we stay in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's easy to, now that doesn't mean that you don't use commentaries or cross references, but that the Bible is our number one resource. And any woman that I am discipling uh, through, you know, and discipleship looks differently according to where this person is in their life Mm -hmm. and what the need is. But it is always, we are going to read scripture together. And I want to hear your input. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has shown you. Mm -hmm. And that is essential um, in growth. Also, just, I have seen such a hunger by just going deeper into God's word and not for the sake, Ricky, of just knowing things academically or having head knowledge. Okay. But for being able to, apply that in our lives. Let me give you an example. This is so exciting. But we heard a testimony from a young woman this weekend who, um, you know, we've been deep into studying, like I said, theology and the Trinity was one of the topics that we, you know, and you could be on that forever. Right. But she had, you know, she thought, okay, well, this is good. And, um, you know, banked it in her mind. And then it wasn't just probably, I would say a week later, that she encountered someone who wanted to discuss the Trinity and was say, you know, and was off theologically. And she was able by the help of the Holy Spirit, helping her recall, no, let me show you in scripture, what God is teaching about this and who God is, that he has not three separate gods, but um, is three in one. And she was able to take them through and not argue in a way to win and to be right, but to actually do right and instruct this young man. And he could look at that and say, oh, I understand this now. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to not just, you know, store up knowledge for that sake, we can all do that, but to be able to apply it and see how practical it is in our lives and how God wants to use each one of us. He doesn't need to use any of us, but he, but we, have the free will to choose that we want to partner with him in the work that he is doing on this earth. And that is becoming so exciting to this generation. And it just thrills me. Yes. The asking the question, God, how do you want to use me is such a powerful prayer because in that statement, you are saying, I am willing, you know what I mean? Yes. God, how do you want to use me? How? There is purpose in today. There is purpose in this moment. I have not been given the breath I have today for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. 
And, you know, and another thing too, is at this age, and I actually, I'm going to say any age in life, because I still struggle with this. Yes. But I want the full picture. I want God to lay everything out and show me, okay, what's this going to be like? I think I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, if he did, it would scare me. It would just scare me completely, probably. But, you know, I want to know in a week and in a month and in a year where I'm going to be, because that's going to help me plan. And God right. always brings me back and says, no, Beth, I want you to do the next right thing. Yes. I want you to take the step today. And that's another thing in discipleship and mentoring is learning that each step accumulates to marker points in your journey. And, you know, we're not taking these great leaps at once, but you're just obedient in the small things that God asks you to do and the uncomfortable things and the things that, you know, sometimes aren't fun, but they bring that joy because yeah, That's what brings joy in our life is following Christ and knowing the Holy Spirit will never fail us. He will guide us in each step we need to take. Yeah, 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 exactly. Getting through that moment that we didn't do that thing that we wanted to do in our flesh, but God was like, no, like that next day or that, you know, two weeks later or something, you will say with confidence, but I didn't do it. And God got me through it. And here we are today. And whoa, like the coolest thing about that, doing the next right thing. That's it. Emily P. Freeman. Do you know her? She's an author. I do. And okay. and I have listened to her podcast. Yes. And I like her. I actually heard that statement from Elizabeth Elliott. Okay. Who um, I love to read her books. Uh, she was, uh, she's written through Gates of Splendor. And I'm currently reading her, um, bi- her authorized biography. And that was a statement that actually Emily P. Freeman learned from Elizabeth Elliot. Oh my gosh. That was to, you know, uh, just listen to God in this moment. Right. And I want skywriting a lot. You know, I want it to be so obvious instead of just, you know, just show me all the signs. When I have the creator of the universe living and dwelling inside of me, who's to do that? And if I am listening to him, if I am in tune and I'm not trying to chart my own path or, um, you know, as I often do get in my own way, right. you know, God is so gentle to bring me back and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to redirect this and correct course. Yep. And, and he's so, so gracious in those ways. I could talk for hours about the ways that I have stepped off the path and how he has just been so kind and gracious and loving to get me to where I am today. He is, he is just everything. Yeah. The scripture I mention all the time on the podcast is create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Like that prayer, what you were just talking about, you know, about wanting to do the right thing is just getting back to the foundation of that relationship with Christ, praying with him, Lord, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me, like steadfast, (laughs) you know, right spirit within me. So that's really neat about the next right thing, because that's a phrase I feel like whoever's listening can take with them the next right thing. Can you practically tell us maybe how that's been an impactful phrase for you? Oh, yes, I I can. Because again, I've told you, I like to have the big plan. I'm a planner. Um, I I see things in life as goals and 
Um, you know, and, and those things are important. They're essential mm -hmm. in, in there, especially with what I do in ministry. But to be able to be aware that the next person I encounter may have a need that somehow God could use me to encourage them or to, uh, you know, just however he would want to use me for that. If I have my agenda so full that I don't have room for watching for God during the day, then I'm, I'm really missing being a blessing, um, you know, and, and glorifying him in the way that he would choose for me to do that day. Right. And I've, I've learned that over the years because I've, um, you know, I, I used to be, and I still am to an extent. So I want to explain this. Uh, so I, I was very self-driven self goals. I, okay. you know, I had things that I wanted to achieve and not all of them were bad, but right. I'm finding at this point in my life, Ricky, that there is such a peace in stepping back and looking and saying, and holding your hands out each morning and saying, God, let me receive what it is you have for me today. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to come out in any way. Like I have it all together. Please do not hear that because I do not. Yeah. But I, I find such great joy in allowing God to move in that way in my life. I, I hope that ex uh, that's a good explanation of yeah. what you're asking. It's regaining focus. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we want. We don't want to be cluttered in our thoughts. Like we don't want to run around like a chicken with our head cut off. Like, Lord, help us have that laser-like focus to do your will for our life. I mean, God, we want to do your will. You know, show us your will for our life. I mean, I'm still, my mind is still wrapped around how you were just saying, how does God want to use us? God, how do you want to use me? You were just saying that earlier. And I just think it's such a powerful prayer because even today you've been in ministry for 21 years or did you start earlier or 21 years? Well, about I, I did start earlier. I have been okay. in vocational ministry since I was 22 and I served at a Christian school uh, first as a teacher and then as an elementary administrator for 13 years before okay. God another miraculous story in our lives that, um, yeah. you know, we could do a podcast just on how God moved us here yeah. and brought uh, us to Pensacola. And I served with another Christian school in town for about nine months before I came on board here at Olive. Well, I love what you do. And I love, love, love Pastor Trailer. He's awesome. So, um, man, for people who don't know about y'all's church, do you mind sharing a little bit about Olive Baptist, if you don't mind? Oh, I would love to. Um, I'm sure that anyone in the Pensacola community has heard of Olive Baptist. Right. But um, when I came on board here, I was, you know, I, I asked God, I said, I just want to see authenticity. Mm -hmm. I want to see transparency. I need to see, I had come out of, um, a legalistic background where, okay. um, you know, it was really fun to follow the rules, but it was exhausting. And God was doing this just revolutionary transformational change in my life and that. And when I came here, that would, God answered my prayer immediately uh, through testimonies I had heard, through just speaking with Pastor Trailer, And I just am so thrilled to be part of this team. We have just 
just a phenomenal and, and godly group of servants here. And they are truly servant leaders. And we are so blessed with the lay people that we have who jump in at a moment's notice to do anything that um, is needed in kingdom work. Yeah. But that is because, not because they're doing that just because they want something to do or for, mm -hmm. you know, it, but it's because of the motivation behind it that they want to see God glorified. Yeah. And uh, during the time we've been here, I've served, you know, primarily in this, in vocational ministry here with pastor. That's the one job I've had. But my husband and I have served in different areas. In fact, for a while, you, for a short time, you and Riley were part of yeah. our, of, of our young adults uh, connection. I didn't realize and that's the same group. It is the same group. And oh my so, goodness. You guys have been doing that for a long time. I don't even think we were married then. And so, yes, you weren't, you were just, you were there just for a few weeks and God, I remember moved you on to another ministry. Yeah. And so, uh, but we have, you know, we've been involved in different areas and just each one has been uh, just such a blessing and privilege to be part of, Yeah. but I would encourage anyone who is, who, um, is looking for a local church, I would say this. One thing about Olive uh, that I have heard over the years is that it's intimidating because it's large. Mm. And I get that because the first time I walked in from coming from a church of 165 people, yeah. I thought, I don't know if I can do this. This is a lot. But the key is um, the staff making the connections to help make it small yeah. and to help our people find their connection group, their small groups, their places of ministry. And it breaks down to small communities within a large church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you just come on Sunday morning and that's where God has you right now, that's a, that's great too. But the more that, um, you, you know, just seek God for where he would have you. And it's, right. and, and during that season, and he will absolutely direct you to that. And I am more than happy for any of your listeners who have questions, who uh, want to find out more about Olive Baptist. Okay. Please, they are more than welcome to call and I will do everything I can to answer every question. Okay, that's great. I just want to encourage your listeners with this. Again, mm -hmm. if God is calling, and God is calling all of us, but if right. you feel just this, um, just God speaking to your heart about coming alongside someone, it's not, it's, it's a cup of coffee. It's a walk in the afternoon. It's just sitting down and, and just working through the questions of life with the Bible as our guide with right. that. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming, but it can be the most glorious thing to just take that step forward and ask God to give you someone. And it's probably going to be someone you don't even know because God's already at work in these situations long before we even pray. And to say, just give, Lord, would you reveal whom I can walk alongside and even just make a difference in their journey forward. It may be short term, it may be a little bit longer term, but the personal impact that you can have just by even short term relationships uh, will span the, the, 
the person's entire life. I can tell you countless people whom I did not get to spend a, a great amount of time with, mm-hmm. but just having a season with them added to my faith tremendously. And I remember those things from years ago, people who would pour into me and people who would teach me or just give me practical advice about how to serve how to serve God. And I, I can't thank those people enough. And, and I cannot thank the Lord enough for bringing them into my life. Yeah. I love how you said having a season with them, because I think when people were just listening to you, I mean, I don't know for sure, but you're saying, Hey, ask God to give you someone whom you can walk alongside with, you know what I mean? To mentor, to encourage through scripture, having a season with them sounds so good because I mean, I'm sure some people are like, does that mean I have to be friends forever? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's way too much of a commitment. No, (laughs) no, that is not what it is. And you know what? There are people that, um, God will leave in your life forever. And, but, um, it's not most commonly, it's not that way. I'll give you an example of that. Um, about two years ago, uh, the Lord was just speaking to my heart about, some of our young women, um, mainly in their 20s, a couple of them in their early 30s, who teach on Sunday morning or their husbands are pastors here on staff or they're, they, by nature of what they do and serving, they are also disconnected from small groups. Mm-hmm. And I start praying about, um, I didn't know where it was coming from. I usually know that's the Holy Spirit because it's not something I would come up with on my right, own. Right. And just, he just kept impressing me that there are young women who need to meet one another. Mm -hmm. And so I started praying about it and he revealed one by one by one, Mm -hmm. uh, seven young women who uh, needed to, they didn't know each other. They might've known each other casually, uh, but most of them did not have that connection ahead. And I challenged them. I said, look, I don't know where we're going to go with this. I am just totally following what the Holy Spirit's impressing on me, but I'd like us to commit once a month for one year. And, you know, so you put the boundary on that. And so if people have that parameter to work with, then that sounds like, okay, this is something I can do. And we met for one month, once a month for one year, and we studied the one another's in servant leadership okay. of the New Testament, you know, okay. love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. And now I'm seeing small groups spur off of that. I have one young woman who is taking four young women in the same format, you know, so it's not overwhelming. They're doing it the once a month. And so I'm saying that it doesn't have to be an, an, an everyday, every week commitment. Every small group that we do or time of discipleship, if we pray about it, God will, you know, we get to know the people in our group and have buy-in from them we will figure out what that's supposed to look like. And they've made the one word that God gave me uh, through that time was that they were to be friends. It wasn't that, you know, that I was going to see huge life transformation in them. And I learned more from them than I guarantee they learned from me. Yeah. That's how it always works out. It's not even shocking. It's just like, you know what? Like God, just use it, just use it to increase in in their life, you know? And he's like, yeah, and I'm going to gift you with the goodness too. (laughs) I'm going to show you what you need to learn. (laughs) Every time we were together, I would just sit in in awe and gratefulness because of what they were bringing to the table. And at the end of this, uh, one of the uh, 
times I walked out, there was a meeting I was coming in too late with them because of traffic. And they didn't know I came in and I stood back and I watched the friendships and the bonding that had happened and how much they enjoyed one another. Yeah. And I didn't go in for probably a minute or two. I just sat back and I thought, thank you, God, because you didn't need, you don't need me here. They have one another and they are having great fellowship and just being together. And those are relationships that I I believe they're going to help carry one another through uh, the ministries and uh, opportunities that they have in life. And so those are the exciting things that uh, just walking alongside and just being open to what the Holy Spirit says. Um, He'll take us some amazing and surprising places. Yeah, he will. He will. The one another that you talked about, I'm curious about what that is because I hadn't heard it before you said it, but the one another commands in the Bible, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'll, um, I'm going to Google that and put a download of it in, or not a download, but like a page you can open and read those scriptures. But is it just a list of scriptures where it talks about one another in the Bible? Yes. In the new Testament in particular, um, we are given commands through, uh, some are in the gospels, but most are in the epistles where how we in servant leadership and, and, take care of one another and how we display uh, and glorify God in doing these things okay. that, um, and so that was something that we all just embraced that, you know, it's not so much. Yes, we are, we are serving, but when our eyes are off ourselves and we see it, in fact, the, the verse that God just grafted, he just tattooed in my, my soul was, um, Philippians 2, 3, and yes. to do nothing out of um, self, selfishness or conceit, um, but in humility, esteem others better than yourself. Yeah. And to look to um, taking our eyes off ourselves, keeping our eyes on Christ, yeah. but then around us, noticing what the needs are. Because when I drift from my relationship with God, it is always when I am self-focused, Ricky. It, yeah. it constantly is. When I have my eyes on myself, uh, which is, you know, we have to fight against that every day. You know, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, we just like thinking about ourselves. We have exactly, to yeah. exactly, because it's, you know, it's natural to us and to right. think of others and to seek God's will is not natural to us. Right. It's a surrender to do that. Right. But we have to put God in charge. Like there is a quote that says, make today amazing or make today great. (laughs) And there needs to be a Lord in front of that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because, uh, yes, I can make days great and moments great in myself. And, and, but to just say, Lord, make this a day that I'm amazed with you. Yeah. yeah, Amazed by you, you know, um, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm learning so much about the order in which I speak certain things that, um, I was just telling you before we started the podcast that, you know, most of the time our our sentences are going to start with I or we, because we are the subject of our lives, you know, that's what we do. And, but just to really start thinking about the order that we put God, that it is not that he is like, you know, part of, part of our, our, our speaking. He is the center of all that we do and all that we speak and all that we think. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's transformational. It is. It's hard to do that, but it, but it does make a difference. I heard, um, Alistair Begg, he's a pastor in, um, Ohio recently. It was was actually a lot of people have seen it on YouTube where, um, he was talking about our testimonies and how we share Christ. And I've thought about it so much since I heard this, but his wording was, um, to tell me how, you know, when somebody wants to hear our stories is to say, tell me how you came to know Christ. Tell me, you know, your testimony. And we will say things like, and and I'm not saying these are wrong. I'm just saying it's been good for me to reconsider, but to say, you know, I would say, well, I was saved at the age of 15 and I did this and I was baptized and this, and to start our testimonies immediately with, God saved my soul when I was in pain. God protected me. God, and to just change the order of how we do things uh, and put him immediately um, on the throne, you know, to look to the throne where he is and to to do that. Um, it's it's slowly really changed my whole perspective yeah. of, of how I share Christ. Man, that is a challenge. That is a challenge, Beth Harris, because Man, just reflecting on conversations I've had with people, and this is for me personally, it's the people who started off the conversation saying, hey, God did this for me. God did it all for me. Amen. Those conversations, podcast aside, those conversations are where I see their relationship with the Lord and just their relationship with people, and they are balanced. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And I, and again, I learned that from someone else. And here I am many years into my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why have I never thought of that before? Yeah, why, that's good. Why, even though I do live a life that I want to honor and glorify God with what I do, mm-hmm. but to think about, you know, I don't need to be the star of this story yeah. and not that I am but we can very easily go in that direction. And that's not a rebuke to anyone who does that. It's just a personal challenge to my heart that I thought I would share with your listeners. Oh yeah. I mean, we are messed up people like that is for sure. (laughs) We're just like trying to figure this out um, for the Lord. Amen. What we have learned from our experience is this. And so, yeah, no, like, there's no punishment or condemnation or anything in these conversations because it's like, we are seeking God. Now, if we were seeking like profit for our business, or if we were seeking, I don't know, a like <laughs> would be different <laughs> and that would have a lot of holes in it. But our goal, you and I included is that we are seeking the Lord in this. And yeah, we're going to mess up like obviously, <laughs> but that's why we have Jesus. Like he's with us and he us through those moments. So man, putting God in that top slot and then making that in conversation with people is such a challenge for the next conversation that we have. Let's see. I mean, I know, you know, my grandmother always says, you, you know, you want to be careful when you talk to people because you don't want to scare them away from God, but mm-hmm. giving him that top slot in the conversation to let him shine first before we do. It's not a demeaning thing at all. No, just a recognition of who's in charge, I guess. Right. It is. And that's, um, I think 
that's really actually why God convicted my heart. And again, yeah. that's not a legalistic thing. And it's not something that we have to, um, you know, adhere to completely. Right. It's just, um, God had a special reason for showing me. He's been doing a lot of chiseling in my life lately, Ricky. He really has. He's okay. been, you know, um, I heard a story of, um, the statue of David and when Michelangelo was, um, doing the sculpture and how he never left the site until he was completed with it, you know, until he completed it, the masterpiece and paralleling that in our lives, how God never leaves us, that we are always a work in completion as we are becoming more like him. Yeah. And as I heard that story, I had to laugh because I was like, well, some days it's like fine tuning, you know, and he's chiseling a little bit here. And then some days just big chunks fall off of, of, of God <laughs> making me more in his image. <laughs> and exactly. so, I, I had that picture in my mind of, oh, wow. And so some days I'll be like, okay, this is a fine tuning day. And then I'll be like, there are chunks all over the place. And can <laughs> I take five pounds with that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But all of it is for his glory. And he does that in, in, he is so again, gentle and kind and just methodical in what he does for us, that there is nothing random and, um, nothing by chance in our lives in, as we follow Christ. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to encourage whoever is listening to this, that God is a loving God. He's not a punishing God. And so his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So Amen. as we're just talking, you know, I'm thinking of why I'm thankful for God. I've, I mean, it could have been a lot different for you, Beth, in your life. It could have been a lot different for me and it could have been a lot different for you who's listening, but thank God you're here and thank God you have this moment and today. And I heard it once in a podcast, he's a real estate agent in California, Brian Buffini. I just love him. But he said at the end of his podcast, he's a, you know, works with salespeople and he's a Christian. And he was giving this inspirational message and he said, you can do anything with what you just heard today. You can do anything mm -hmm. and it's your choice. So like, it's literally your choice. Like what freedom we have to have a choice to turn to Christ today and give him everything we have, or we don't have to, but that is how God loves you. Like I want with every bit of my being for everybody listening to like turn to Christ, make him Lord of everything, put him in that top slot. But like, he loves you so much. He's going to work still on your behalf and for you and wait for you. And then when you come to him, he's going to embrace you and show his love and kindness to you. And it's still going to be consistent. It's still going to be God. It's still going to be his love and he's going to meet you where you are. You know, it's just, we have to go back to him. We have to return back to him and it's such work, but it's so worth it. Amen. And, you know, he never stops pursuing. Yeah. And uh, I heard one of the girls that I, uh, she was one of my seasonal uh, disciples, uh, mentor. She's now married and has moved out to the nor Northwest. But there was something that she said recently to me, um, you know, about um, my favorite hymn is uh, come thou fount. Mm. And in there, you know, I mean, every single word in there just slays me, but yeah. uh, where it says prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. And, you know, she just reminded me, Miss Beth, but he's prone to chase. Mm. And I thought, you know, 
it, it was just, she reminded me of that in that moment over coffee, you know, and I thought God never stops pursuing. Um, he loves us unconditionally. And he sees from that perspective in heaven where we have such a limited view here that he sees the whole picture coming together in his plan and purpose that while we want things immediately, like I said, I wanted to see the whole picture. There's so many pieces that he's putting into place before those things can actually be fulfilled. And, you know, so he, he is so kind, you know, my grandmother prayed for uh, my mother to be saved uh, for 38 years before she came to a saving knowledge of Christ. Wow. And never quit. And, um, you know, it would be easy to say, okay, well, you know what, this is never going to happen. But she prayed faithfully every day. And um, she had just such a wonderful legacy of prayer. And that has always, even as a child, following that and seeing how God um, was faithful. And I can look back now and see the pieces, how he put that together, even, you know, as a young girl, how God was working in my mom's life to make those things happen and for her to come to that knowledge of Jesus. And so just, I would just encourage never quit praying, never, you know, God is at work in those moments where we don't feel him. We don't sense him. We cannot underestimate what he is doing just because it is out of our sight of our line of vision. Mm. That uh, most things actually are things that we don't see, but he is working everything on our behalf. Yeah, it's true. Um, scripture I want to share with you. And then, you know, I'm going to ask this, but what Bible verse is helping you in this season? Um, before you answer this, I just want to read Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Like he is with us. He's in our midst, like right now, like we can wave our arms around. He's with us, you know? Amen. So yeah, that's, that's a really good, I love that story about he's chasing you and he'll do whatever it takes to get you. <laughs> Amen. He will. He will. We don't realize that until we're on the other side of it. We're like, exactly. oh no, okay. Yeah. Oh, I got this. You got, I got it now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, God's got this. It's awesome. Um, okay. So what Bible verse is helping you in this season, Miss Beth Harris? Well, I'm reading chronologically this year and I haven't done that in a while. And so um, just being able to see the thread of scripture this year, I'm seeing it in a new light. And um, the overall scripture that's helping me is when I've gone through the Psalms and I'm seeing in even the most desperate times and when the psalmist was angry and confused and um, uncertain and scared mm -hmm. that the majority of the Psalms actually end with yet with um, a phrase of yet, I will still praise you, you know, you are, you know, and still giving glory to God, even after, um, you know, we've ranted and raved, you know, to close that, to close that with that, you are God, you are mighty, you are, and, you know, I just, um, that's an overview of the Psalms and what I'm seeing with that, but a verse that God is using for me right now is Philippians 1, 6 is being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And I go back to that. I memorized that uh, very early um, when I was discipled and I come back to it so often that don't forget, be confident of this. Don't be confident in yourself, but be confident in what God has promised he began this work in you mm. and it, he will 
fulfill it. It is not, he might, you know, it's a 50, 50 shot, you know, but right, that right. he will fulfill this, that the work that we are doing, um, and again, not in our own strength, not in our own power, not in our own might, but the work that is being done in partnership with Christ, that that work long after we're gone, Ricky, after that, if it is of the spirit, his work is still working and, and um, valuable, even after we've lost, drawn our last breath on this earth. Right, right. So, uh, and that's legacy. And that's what I pray for in my life as I'm getting older. And uh, I, I just, I want that so much in my life is to never quit and to continue in the work that he started. Yeah. You're doing a great job of it. I love how you're going alongside people and mentoring them and discipling them. That takes work and it takes effort. And I know that's the Holy spirit inside of you just wanting to work for his good. You know what I mean? Um, Philippians one, six is the verse that you shared. And I just want to read it one more time because you use some really strong words like confident. It's a word that we hear all the time, you know, and good work. That's something that we want to do. And then you said, we'll carry it on. Like that's a promise, you know? So Philippians one, six being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Just that it's such a simple verse, but yet it, it is so encouraging. Yeah. Be confident of this. Don't be confident of you. (laughs) I mean, you're cool. You're cool and all, you know, but no, I listen left to my own devices. I'm a train wreck, (laughs) you know, know, that's the best part. Yeah, it it is. I mean, I know who I am and I, I know, um, what a mess I can make of things, but God is again. And I know I've said this several times in this podcast, but I cannot emphasize how much just going back when you are in question of what God is doing in your life, I just like to leave your listeners with one thought. Please. That there are times in our lives, I've been through them, um, hard seasons and seasons where um, you feel alone or abandoned or that no one is understanding and that God is silent. When we don't have the answers, this is why it's important to know who our God is, that we can always, without fail, go back to the character of God and his attributes and who he is. Every answer that we need in life can be found there in his goodness and his love and his mercy, his truth, his faithfulness, Mm. Um, and knowing that we serve an omnipotent Um, omnipresent, immeasurable God. Um, When I am in doubt, God, I always go back to that and say, God, um, I'm not serving a God who is a greater version of me, (laughs) you know, who I just have, who is just a nicer, kinder, more faithful, more truthful version of Beth Harris. You know, God forbid. No, he is a standalone. I am created in his image and for his glory. And when I separate that and I look and I say, you know, you're nothing like me. That's what brings great comfort and peace in my life. You're nothing like me. And I want to be like you. And yet I want to be like you. Yeah. And I mean, we are created in his image, but I mean, 
when yeah. I can comprehend of you, I just have this minuscule, mm. finite understanding of the God whom I'm going to spend eternity with. Yeah. And uh, that can get us through any day. Yeah. Yes. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's our father. Amen. He's the perfect father. So man, Beth Harris, I am encouraged by you today. Um, when people are talking, sometimes I'll like Google scriptures and um, just because it's like, wow, like, I don't know. It just really solidifies what someone's saying when I can open up a scripture to that. And when you were just talking about Philippians 1, 6, as we close this out, I want to read Ephesians 2, 10, because like you said earlier, God is calling all of us. You know what I'm saying? When you said that, I was like, yes, Beth Harris, because sometimes I think, I mean, I've been like this where I'm like, but did that Bible verse say that I'm called? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those who are called. Yes. God is calling all of us. Awesome, sister. Awesome. Okay. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus Four good works, which God prepared beforehand. Like, amen. Amen. <laughs> like, yes. And I love the emphasis you put on that verse. Sometimes we can read verses just word for word flat. And I love how you brought that to life just now. Amen. That, and this is it that we should walk in them. Should, mm -hmm. shoulda, coulda, woulda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you got it, girl. Should walk in them because we are his workmanship. So thank you so much for just bringing some good work to us today. And you are awesome. You said during the, um, during the middle of this, that you were going to give us some ways to connect with you or like email you or whatever. Um, how would you like us to get in touch with you, Beth? Well, you can go to the website at olivebaptist.org and you can get all the contact information. Um, I can be emailed at bharris at olivebaptist.org and uh, you could call our main switchboard. Again, all of that is on our website and I'm the only Beth here. So if you ask for Beth, they'll <laughs> get you directly to me. So, and I would just consider that an honor to answer any questions and uh, help anyone in their walk in Christ. Right, right. Yeah, you're awesome. We really appreciate you. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing. This is a longer podcast, but I just felt like you are so wise in God's word and just understanding who he is. And so that was a really beautiful conversation. I'm just really appreciative of your time and getting to learn from you today. So thank you, Beth. And at the end of every podcast, we always pray, Lord, decrease us and increase you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy, Haiti. 
If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi, y'all. This is Nan Charlotte, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. <laughs> <laughs>